what makes America the greatest country in the world. Soldiers, sailors, Marines, airmen. Stood up for what was right. First step in solving any problem is recognizing there is one. It's time to start a trip. Dream isn't something we talk about. All we can ever do for our heroes is remember them. And they gave up two lives. The one they were living in and the one they would have lived. They gave up everything for our country, for us. Let's pray for freedom and justice. Only be a war if soldiers are willing to fight. Less than 1% of Americans serving in uniform. Some veterans not getting the timely care that they need. The good news is, is that in recent years, we've made historic investments to boost the VA budget. What is it? Why should we care? We should care about press freedom because... Because we were informed. In democratic societies, free, diverse, and pluralist media enable public debates and are essential checks you don't on look power. Status. Let's discuss. Hi guys. How are you guys doing? Um, welcome to Vet to Vet podcast, another episode. Uh-huh. Uh, this episode we're going to talk about service connection. Uh, if it's your first time listening, then thanks for coming. Uh, this podcast is produced every week. As a short reminder, vet to vet is a non-profit educational project dedicated to assist veterans with adjustment to civilian lifestyle and to promote assistance in obtaining UOVA and other available benefits that you have earned. So now let's get into the show. So uh, today we're going to talk about service connection. And what we're trying to figure out is the disability compensation and what it is is basically this is how the VA compensates you monetarily for the disabilities that you're suffering with and dealing with on a daily basis. Yeah, so pretty much uh, they take into account any uh, of your disabilities, injuries, illnesses that incurred to you during your uh, active military service. And those disabilities are considered to be service-connected. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when we talk about service connection, um, what we're talking about is a medical condition, a disease, or an injury, or an illness that's due to your service, and we're talking about the relationship between your service and that, that medical condition. Uh, because most of the time the veteran doesn't have to show an actual con- causation, there has to still be a, a reasonable relation to that injury and your service. And so there's a few ways to get around that. Yep, uh, so why don't we start with the first one, direct service connection. Yeah, this is the basic, most easiest way to get a disability percentage from the VA. The way that a direct service connection is happens is you have a direct issue that something happened to you in service. So like a common thing is like, say, say you were um, airborne and you had a hard landing one time. Now you hurt your knee, and you went to sick call for it, and they said, "Yeah, you have a meniscus tear in your left knee, and you got medical records in your and your military medical records." Then you have a direct service connection showing that you had a disability that's due to your service. And if you still have those records, you could use that to support your disability claim. Yeah, pretty much. Um, all you got to show there was that there was an incident while you've been in the service. And there is a medical and there is a medical evidence that actually can prove that something happened to you, yeah. and uh, then you got also to prove that there is a connection in between your current condition and with what happened to you while in the service. 
And so what you're trying to show is not only did something happen to you, that thing is still bothering you today no matter how long it is. So even if you're a World War II vet or a guy that just got out yesterday, if that condition is still bothering you today now that you're out of service, you have a good shot of claiming a disability because of that thing. Yeah, and as we talked in our previous podcast, there is there are multiple ways you can prove that something happened to you. It doesn't have to be um, always a medical uh, record, even though it's better. It's the best one. Yeah. Uh, it can be uh, something like um, something like uh, a record from uh, an officer that was near you when it happened. It can be a body letter from your friend or from somebody who was not far away from you or who actually witnessed that situation. And it can be probably a report, um, like a frag or what happened in that area while you've been on patrol or something like that. Yeah, because sometimes, you know, like when we're in military, a lot of us don't go to sick call for injuries that happen. And so you don't really say anything about it. You just shut your mouth and deal with it. And so what you try to do there is show unit records, company records, something that shows that something did happen, especially if you guys were deployed. If not, it gets a little harder. So what you're trying to show is a nexus of how your military occupation and this condition has a likelihood. And so sometimes a lot of guys don't complain about a lot of conditions in service. So your best bet would try to get current medical records showing that you have a current diagnosis of this condition and then trying to tie it to your service in some kind of way, whether it's due through your occupation, your deployments or simple incidents that happen during our work days. So as you probably understood, um, direct service connection got big three elements. The first one is medical evidence of a current disability, disease, or medical condition. The second one would be an evidence. It's either medical or lay evidence that a disease or injury occurred in service. And the third element would be medical evidence uh, tying those elements together, one and two, that is often referred by nexus or evidence of nexus. An easy way to get to that number three is trying to get a doctor to write a letter saying that this condition is more likely than not due to your service. It doesn't have to be absolute, it just has to be is there a likelihood. So if you're an airborne guy and you were in the military for five, ten years, is there a likelihood that you would have bad knees, bad back, especially after 50 jumps, there's a good chance of it. So if you get a doctor's letter to say, yeah, your bad knee is because of your military service, that helps you out, even though you don't have military records necessarily saying that you hurt your knee in service. Okay, so the second method of direct service connection is the chronicity plus the continu continuality of the symptomology of your conditions. So what you're trying to show is that you have medical evidence of a current disability, but no evidence of, of it in service or any like incident report that you could remember because you just sucked it up and dealt with it. So you can you could still establish service connection by showing two elements that you had this condition for a while now and that this con condition is still bothering you today. So what you're trying to do is try to tie it to your service in some kind of way. Sometimes doctors will help you writing those letters. Sometimes they won't because they just don't know you when you're in service. So they're nervous to write a letter like that. Yeah. Uh, 
chronicity generally means that you must show that the conditions that you're experiencing, experiencing has uh, permanently been with you. Sometimes better, sometimes worse. And since you've been in the service, uh, even for a short period of time, uh, after leaving the service, you still have this condition. Yeah. And some diseases are presumed to be chronic, like arthritis, Parkinson's disease, heart conditions, ulcers. Um, there's a whole list of chronic conditions which you could use a direct service connection method. And so that's you could find that in the 38 CFR, uh, 3.303B. Um, second, when your condition or disease is presumed to be chronic, you can submit an expert medical opinion or excerpts from accepted med medical journals showing that when a person has this condition, these things become chronic. Yeah, so pretty much when this condition is not presumed to be chronic, so you can submit that evidence. Yeah. Um, after showing the chronicity of it, you're trying to prove the continuality of it. So basically what you're trying to do is show not just that you've been treated and dealing with it, but that it's been from your military service to now. And it gets a little hard because, you know, you're missing records, things like that. But you know that you've had this problem since service. And so you try to do the best you can in trying to tie those dots to your occupation or your era in service. And um, also going to the case law, um, this condition got to be in uh, 38 CFR. If it's not, uh, chronicity and uh, symptomatology is not a valid method for you to prove your condition. And so what you're trying to do to satisfy these elements is getting an opinion from a doctor and trying to get buddy letters and people that witnessed it when you were in service or people that remember, remember you complaining about it. So say you went home complaining about your back today at work. Say you went home and told your girlfriend that you hurt your knee on that jump. Then at least somebody remembers you complaining about this issue, even though you didn't go to sick call. Um, yeah. Pretty much, um, you should use those opinions uh, to show that they can satisfy those two elements. Something happened to you, and since then, you've been uh, suffering. Yeah. And so when you're talking about direct service connection, you're trying to back yourself up any which way you can. So it's almost like going to court. So you got your current medical record showing that it's still bothering you. You try to get a couple buddy letters if you can saying they remember you complaining about this or they witnessed the incident and you have a doctor's letter saying that it's likely due to service, you should have a good shot at getting some kind of service connection for it. All right. So the second one would be service connection by aggravation. Aggravated conditions are fairly common, especially for military guys. Like a lot of, a lot of these guys say like you played a uh, high school sports before you joined the military and say you played football and you injured your knee in football, but after after you graduated high school, you still wanted to join the military and still wanted to go infantry and do airborne. So of course you, you told your recruiter and everybody that you had a knee condition from high school and they still brought you in, they gave you the waivers and they brought you in and you got to do what you wanted to do. But because of your military occupation, there's a good chance that that knee's gonna get worse or get injured again. So if it got worse, and a quicker period of time than it would have been in a normal person that never joined the military, you could argue that that condition was aggravated 
even though it wasn't necessarily first caused by the military. Yeah, uh, probably an easy example. You had a fungus on one, uh, on one toe, and uh, after three years, you get fungus on all your toes. So that can be one of the uh, examples. Um, also, um, so what can be uh, some roadblocks to service connection by aggravation? Um, aggravation, definitely the VA is going to try to say that you had that condition before service, so it has nothing to do with them. And so that's the key thing. What you're trying to show is that it was aggravated because of your service. You're not denying the fact that you had it before service. What you're trying to argue is that that condition got worse because of your occupation or because of what your era was in service because of deployments, things like that. So as long as you can show that this condition got way worse than what it should have been, you have a good shot. And so be careful what you're trying to argue when it comes to the VA. So make sure you make sure if, if you're going for an aggravated condition that you're claiming it as an aggravated condition. So instead of a direct service connection would just be left knee injury due to service. An aggravated condition, you would write aggravated condition, left knee due to service. And then you could show the paperwork that you got, that you were airborne, that you got deployed, that you, you know, have a current knee condition now, things like that to try to help back you up. But there is that potential that they could say that that condition wasn't aggravated and and the injury that you have now is just common for that type of injury, for that type of condition that you got going. Yeah, um, and also what you got to remember is that VA is supposed to presume that you were physically and mentally sound when you entered the service. That's why they gave you all those waivers. And unless your entrance physical makes note of pre-existing condition and uh, this condition doesn't change, didn't change, then uh, probably you cannot file. If it changed and it got much more worse, then yes, prove yeah. it and file. And what you would argue if they if they try to deny you or try to argue with you, what you're asking is for the presumption of soundness, saying that you did get the waiver, they were aware of this condition, and they still allowed you to go through, but because of your service and the and your occupation, it's gotten worse, and so you'd be arguing presumption of soundness. Right. So, next one, presumptive service connection. What is that? Presumptive service conditions are things that you think that the VA has agreed to because of your service, just simply because of your service. A common one that you see is Agent Orange vets and Vietnam. Because of Agent Orange, if you stood f foot in Vietnam, you could claim, like, say, di diabetes, for example. Your entire family could have diabetes, and, you, and let's say you know when you hit 40, 50, 60 years old, there's no doubt in your mind you're going to get diabetes no matter what. But because you're a Vietnam veteran and you went to Vietnam, you could claim diabetes due to your service as a presumptive because of Agent Orange. So just because you more than likely would have got it because your natural bloodline or just because you got this thing now, 20, 30, 40 years after service, if it's one of those presumptive conditions and you could show that you currently have a diagnosis of it, that's all you have to show. You just have to show that you were in the area that caused the presumption, like Agent Orange, that you were around it, and that you have one of these conditions that the presumption falls under. Yeah, and also, um, 
get to remember about presumptive time period. The law establishes a time period after your service and during which uh, the disability must arise in order to qualify you for presumptive service condition. And this time period varies based on medical condition. So maybe for orange orange, it will be one thing, one time period. For something else, something else. Yeah. So like we got the uh, undiagnosed Gulf War illnesses. We have the um, radiation exposure veterans. We have the Agent Orange veterans. And we have a few other guys that are in their little special groups. And look up those presumptive lists to see if you could possibly get that. If you happen to have these conditions. Um, so sometimes it's also difficult for, any, for, for a veteran to produce medical evidence showing that it's as likely as not that the disease or injury occurred in service. So in this case, what should we do? Um, it definitely gets harder if you, if you don't have medical records. But what you're trying to do is at the very least show that you're currently diagnosed. If you're not currently diagnosed, you may want to wait until you file a claim until you get diagnosed. A common one you see with a lot of guys trying to file disability for is say PTSD. Because it's a common word, a lot of veterans, a lot of Americans are aware of the word. But even though you may have PTSD, if you haven't talked to a psychologist to get diagnosed, there's a good chance the VA could deny you even though you're suffering with this condition. Yeah, and um, I was uh, mostly going to that Agent Orange. So in case you got Agent Orange, so what Congress said that even though you don't have any evidence, no medical evidence, no lay evidence, so they presume that since you've been in that area, um, there is a rule that applies to you, and it says that when a particular disease manifested within a certain period of time after your service, then you should be covered by VA. Yeah, normally you have a year from your, um, your enlistment date that you got out to complain about anything that has happened to you in service if you haven't. Usually at that time, a lot of vets aren't aware that they have that year window, so they don't complain until a little while later and that window's closed. Um, one presumption that certainly has a time limit is the Gulf War illnesses. December 31st, 2016, the VA's practically got to close the door on any of these current veterans that might have these conditions. And the problem there is it's kind of hard to get medically diagnosed for chronic fatigue. It's kind of hard to get diagnosed for fibromyalgia and a few other conditions. So even though they're undiagnosed illnesses and you might be dealing with it, it gets, a, it gets hard to get that diagnosis before that deadline. So if you guys happen to hear this, try to look into those presumptions for the um, undiagnosed Gulf War illnesses because at the end of this year, they're going to try to close that window on us, which is a little different than how they treat the Vietnam vets at this point. Um, so another question that can arise, how long is a presumptive period? And uh, in general, it depends. As we said, for some conditions, it depends on the law. Uh, because Congress said that. And so for some condition, it depends on your day or uh, when you get out. Some condition, it depends on like your current medical state. So it's hard to tell you, to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, we can give you more or less um, general rule. 
Like if um, something manifests itself within first year up to the three years, then most likely you'll be able to file for that condition. If later, uh, there is no like general rule about that, but it might be a little bit more difficult to prove it. Yeah. And the main thing there I would say is don't be discouraged if you happen to get de uh, denied the first time around. If you know what happened to you in service more than anybody else, so if you know that there's a likelihood that the reason you have this condition is because of your service, keep fighting it and keep pushing it. I know sometimes it takes longer and I know like right now, especially in California, there's a lot of appeals going on, but do what's right. Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes it doesn't happen as best as we think it should. But if you know that it's due to your service and you know that you're in the right, keep fighting for it because it's the only reason we're getting it, success. Yeah. Um, also in this case, I would um, highly recommend to search for help of BSO because he would be able to help you out uh, how to navigate like code of federal regulations. Uh, also, uh, decisions from uh, Veterans Court of Appeals, uh, some uh, local decisions from uh, local VA board, or he would be able to give you general advice how to go um, with your case. Because sometimes it might be confusing when you look at the uh, law, it says one thing, and how it applies, it's completely different. Yeah, and it, it definitely gets confusing when you get those letters in the mail. So don't be shy about anything that you're going through. Most veterans have common disabilities, common issues, common backgrounds. So don't be shy about it. Talk to a service officer, talk to somebody who's gone through the claims process and get an idea of how to go about it to give yourself better odds. But don't ever be discouraged about what those letters say if they don't come back the way you want them to. You could always push. All right. So next service condition, secondary service condition, condition, that's your favorite one, Yeah, so like secondary issues is where you could really branch off and try to get for those higher ratings when it comes to the VA in general. What you're trying to show is that something happened to you in service, so say like your left knee because of airborne, and you're 10% because of your left knee now, and you've been 10% for 10 years, and that's the only thing you could claim that is directly due to your service. But as those years go by, there's new things that are popping up now. So now your lower back is giving you issues. Now your right knee is giving you issues. They're not directly due to your service, but they are directly due to that left knee condition that is. And so if you could show that, that you have back problems and you have a diagnosed disability on your back, and you could show that you have a right knee disability, you could claim those as secondaries to your left knee. And you could... To me, the reason I like secondary issues in general is because your body's one whole system. So if one thing starts messing with you, it's going to trigger something else that's going to trigger something else. So look into what your conditions are and those secondaries that you could apply for, but there's a potential that you could claim a lot of, a lot of different secondaries. Uh, let's say like your, your heart, for example. We have a Vietnam veteran who has a heart condition at 50%. Now, because of that, he has fatigue issues. So now he's having trouble breathing. Now he has depression issues because he thought he was going to die when he had that heart attack and had the heart surgery. Now he has um, other conditions like say like erectile dysfunction because the, the heart medication doesn't allow the blood pressure to get that high. 
those are little things you can push to get other service connect uh, other disabilities from the VA because of that one condition that's due to your service. So no matter what that condition is, I really believe that there's a secondary from it. You just got to find out what it is and if that thing is something you're dealing with today. Yeah. Um, so as you could figure out, there is no always a nice straight line between uh, in-service injury and the secondary medical condition. And uh, as Joe said, your uh, body doesn't work in isolation. So all your parts got to be worked together in order for you to function. So if something doesn't work right, there is probably a reason why something else doesn't work. Sometimes all things connected, sometimes they're not. So I guess you get an idea. What does it mean? Um, of course, uh, as with any uh, medical condition, uh, service connection condition, you'll need an evidence to prove uh, that uh, connection, that service, the secondary service connection. Yeah, so very similar to the service connection where you still need current medical records showing that you're dealing with this condition, but you don't need to have military records. All you need to have is current medical records and a likelihood that that your service-connected condition is causing this new condition. Yeah, that's, there is a short phrase that would describe that, and it's uh, kind of an easy way to, uh, easy, easy proof. It's general states as at least as likely as not in between those two. Yeah. So if you get a, if you get a letter from a doctor, it doesn't have to be absolute. And he doesn't have to believe that it's absolutely due to your service or absolutely due to your service-connected injury. Is if it's at least likely that this that your right knee is caused by your left knee, you should be good to go. Yeah, pretty much you don't need to provide clear and convincing evidence that the secondary condition is caused by the service connected condition. It's in general. Yeah. Uh, and to meet that burden of proof, most likely you just need one uh, medical expert opinion. Yeah. So you got you get a diagnosis. And you try to get an opinion that it's either due to your, uh, your service-connected condition, and you should do all right. Yep. So, next one. Service connection due to injury caused by treatment in the VA healthcare system. Very com uh, These are somewhat rare. Most of the time you'll see these as a tort claim. And that's usually when you actually talk to an attorney and you sue the VA over some kind of bad healthcare that you received. Sometimes what the VA will do, instead of just paying you outright like a normal attorney or a normal court case, they'll give you a disability percentage for it. So you'll still be basically considered service connection, but it's because of the VA, not because of your military service. Uh, common ones you see there is, uh, say, like when the doctors are inspecting, inspecting your insides and they're taking biopsies from like colon cancer, things like that, and say they rupture the um, the intestine, and now now you have sept septus, or say you have another condition that they never mentioned, and now you're getting injured because of it. Now that's basically a tort claim, and you have a, a body. I think you have a year to claim this. If you don't claim it within a year, they'll they'll say too bad. So when it comes to medical disability, you really want to look in into if the VA actually caused this condition by negligence, and if you could actually go for it, but you have about a year to prove this. 
Yeah, pretty much you get to show fault, whether it's fault through negligence, lack of proper skills, careless, error in judgment, etc. But this one is hard to prove, and in this case, it, you're definitely going to need a VSO, even though if you might be an attorney or you've been working for JAG in, uh, in the Army, I would highly recommend you getting uh, somebody who is actually specializing in those kind of cases. Definitely. It's going to be a, a medical malpractice case. Not, uh, it doesn't have to be specifically related to VA, but definitely somebody who is specialist in those uh, uh, medical malpractice cases because uh, that's difficult to prove, first of all. And secondly, you got to be uh, very savvy to navigate the system. Uh, not only VA, but most likely a general court system. Right, because when you're talking about a tort, the VA is not going to help you support that evidence. So what you're trying to do is prove what you believe with the VA trying to deny it the whole way through. And so make sure you really want to talk to the right people and really jump on this and move quick as you can because you have about a year. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, definitely... Um... First thing to check if you've been hospitalized, you've been in surgery in the hospital, uh, because that would be the first thing that anybody like any VSO or any savvy attorney would be looking at, because that would give him an idea of the proximate cause that since you've been hospitalized, you've been going through surgery or some treatment, that's where you got uh, that injury or that's how something happened. Of course, with surgery, that's what George described, that might be a little bit more... Uh, evident what's happened to you but some some situation can last and can you know can manifest not in next day of the surgery but maybe like five six months yeah so so that might be a tough um, tough connection to prove so uh, the next one special service connection rules for post-traumatic stress disorder yeah so this is the reason we're talking about this is because it, it's kind of common right now that people are looking into mental health in general and trying to figure out what this all means. And the way you try to do this is you want to provide a statement about the events that you did in service. So most of the time you'll hear this called as a stressor letter or a stress statement. What you're basically doing is saying, this is what I did, this is where I was at, and this is what happened. Let's, let's give an example. Yeah. Like somebody... Um, like you've been on patrol and uh, suddenly, um, I don't know, an IED exploded not far away from you. Not on you, but not far away from you. So that would be considered an event, uh, a traumatic event that you uh, actually been part of. And then what you're trying to show is that you have a diagnosis, whether you were diagnosed in service after your deployment or whether you're diagnosed now with PTSD. So one, you want the stress statement show, tying it to your service. Two, you have the current diagnosis saying that you have this condition. And then try to talk to a VA psychologist if you can to try to help support the fact that you are diagnosed and you're seeking treatment. You don't necessarily need to take medication if you don't want. I know a lot of guys are nervous about the medication. If it helps you, take it. If you're shy about it or you're not sure, you can try it. If you've tried it in the past and you just don't like it, you don't have to take it. 
but the main thing is what you're trying to do is get your service connection, but try to get yourself better too. Yeah, and so if you guys have any questions or you're curious about anything we talked about, keep in mind we're talking about direct service connection, secondary service connections, aggravated conditions, presumptive conditions, um, torts that are due to the VA, things like that. So if you guys have any questions, especially about a medical condition, you think maybe is this a secondary issue, you could always ask. It's never a problem, and I'll try to figure it out if we could try to tie that into your service connection or not. Yeah, and also if you know something that we missed or we misstated, feel free to correct us on any of the social media. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, So that's it, folks, for this episode. Thanks for listening. Come back often. Feel free to subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, Twitter, and and Facebook, and all links you'll find in the podcast notes. And as always, to end this episode, do you have any uh, books or <laughs> book, great movie or stuff uh, to do to suggest? The book I've been reading is uh, Iceberg Slim's Pimp. <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but it actually is a pretty good book and it's very interesting. Yeah, I guess you'll learn a lot of slang. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to read it for yourself. And uh, myself, I, would, I uh, recently watched uh, Cartel Land. Um, great, great movie, documentary. So just look at it. You'll see what's going on on the border with Mexico. And uh, to end up this podcast, as always, quote or words of wisdom of the day. Uh, no bastard ever won a war by dying for his country. He won it by making the other poor dumb bastard die for his country. Yes, who said it? George Patton. Right. Thanks. Thank you, guys.